we were advised we should include names. Important. Uh, in intro, so I'm David Rausch. <laughs> I'm Paul C. Fuentes. This is Did 20 it? Year Reunion. We're on episode yeah. three. Should people be surprised when we come out with a new episode? No, we're rocking and rolling. We, we've got some ready to go. We're just trying to space it out. Let this be a journey. Mm. Speaking of spacing things out, do you listen to podcasts? You're a podcast listener, Dave? I do. Yeah. One what? of them. I listen to 20 Year Reunion. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's over and over again. Do you listen to all your podcasts at the same speed? For the most part, yes. Okay. It's usually 2x speed. Would you recommend people listen to this at 2x? I would what, recommend, what's it recommended? Point, well, I think 1.5 is probably the recommended okay. for this. Okay. So 2x, I'm trying to get through a lot of content and generally I can you know, pick up most of it. But I think 1.5 brings it down just a little bit. But if you listen at a fast speed and then you go back to like 1x, then it's... It's really uh, slow. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. You're like, just spit it out. Get on with it. <laughs> One, also, one and a half seems good for this. Whatever speed you listen to this, I think Angela's podcast is amazing. Agreed. I think Angela is, is very true to her story and her story that's still unfolding. She's constantly improving and working on herself and not done yet. Absolutely. All that said, let's roll it. Angela or Angie? Yes. Yeah. Angie. Angie. We just, All right. We just I'm having a hard time. This. I'm having a hard Angie. time. You Angela's fine. Okay. So, all right. Why don't you introduce yourself and then also tell us who you were in high school? Like, how would people have known you and maybe who did you hang with or what was your personality then? Oh, the same. That's a lot but, right there. So okay. I'm, uh, right? So I'm Angie Palafox, was Angela Starr, could still be Angela Palafox. It's fine. In high school... I started out as a three-sport athlete. I ended up finding out I have scoliosis and arthritis and slip discs in my back. And because all the sports I played, basketball, volleyball, softball, were contact or high impact, I had to quit all of them. And I actually was, with a note, waved through gym the rest of high school, too. So Really? Yeah. So I actually volunteered to be the teacher's assistant in any class that Fred was in, formerly known <laughs> as Alfredo, so that I could hang out with him during gym class. <laughs> and because I was a good student, I kind of got my way with those things. So so people would, I think, have known me as an athlete originally, if you knew me freshman year. And then it just kind of tapered off to, I mean, I was, I feel like I was known as being kind of loud and opinionated and, but not disrespectful, but opinionated and outgoing. I think that's how people would describe me. I don't know. I feel, I wonder all the time how people would think of me, but I don't know. Is that how you would describe yourself? Yes. Okay. What year was that? Was it freshman year that you've, you found that out? Yeah. So that was, it was right before sophomore year was about to start. So I did a year of three sports at Willowbrook. And then I found out at softball camp. Were you in a lot of pain? Yeah, I actually bent down to pick up a softball at softball camp and I couldn't feel my legs and I like kind of collapsed at camp and I I was, you know, always like a tall big girl and so my mom couldn't carry me to the car so I had to crawl to the car at t- oh, for no. her to take me to the emergency room and then they did all the stuff and I got sent to an orthopedic specialist so I got MRIs and all this stuff at that age. So Wow. How was that? I mean, your identity was pretty wrapped up in sports, right? Yeah, I was actually with Fred in my basement 
when I found out the results, because we had like just started dating, like right around the time I was getting all the testing done. So I knew for sure I wasn't going to be doing basketball because that was that first sport, but I was hoping I'd be able to, you know, keep going. And they kind of held a spot on the basketball team for me in the beginning of sophomore year in case I could. And I actually got the results of the MRI and all that when we were sitting in my basement. And I just like remember I was kneeling on the floor and I threw my head down into the couch and I was just bawling because that was my identity. And that was my ticket to college because I grew up with not a lot of money. And so I didn't know what I was going to do from that point. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was devastating because I played JV softball as a freshman and I had scouts already coming and looking at me then. And so sophomore year, I was going to start on the varsity team. And that was my that was my ticket. I'm like, that's how I'm going to college. I'm going to get there on a softball scholarship. And and then it all changed and I couldn't do that. Yeah. Wow. wow. So you've got three more years of high school and you're not doing sports. Like, did you get into other stuff or... Like, what did you fill your time with? How did you sort of adjust from there? So because I had the boyfriend, so I started dating Fred September 27th, 1998. And so did he, did he always go by Fred too? Did I know everyone knew him as Alfredo? Okay. So. Like I'm like freaking out that I had <laughs> both of your names completely wrong all of high school. Yeah, no, his family called him Freddie. I did not like that. And so it got shortened to Fred by me. (laughs) But so we spent a lot of time together. And then I actually got a job right away because, I mean, like I said, we didn't have a lot of money. And so I'm like, I can at least start to help out my mom. So my first job was a waitress at Cappy's right across the street from the school. And and they made me wear skirts, Dave, skirts. (laughs) I was like, I can't do this. And the guy's like, you have to. And I'm like, no, because that's not me. (laughs) But So that was my first job. And so then I just started working. I went from there to working at a couple banks. And so I kind of threw myself into working. I was working like full-time hours while going to school or close to it. And then I just focused on my grades, which I always did, but they always kind of came easy to me. So it wasn't that hard. And then I did a lot of volunteering, like in the, like I delivered those like slips at school, like during like homeroom and, or whatever, like So I tried to help out where I could with like the counselors and stuff. So that's what I did. What is a vivid memory from high school? I mean, you you described one with you finding out. Is there any other maybe at the school or an event or anything like that that stands out? My two most vivid memories was seeing Fred walk into my Spanish class the first day of Spanish honors, sophomore year of high school, Miss Euphrasio's class. And I'll explain why in a hot second. And then the second one was my first time up to bat on JV softball after not hitting one pitch in that damn batting cage or at practice off of Miller's pitches. I hit a home run my first time up to bat at the game. Cause I'm like, I was like freaking out. I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to hit. It. I haven't hit one damn ball like the whole time in practice. And my first time up to bat, boom. And I was like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. What a great memory. But yeah, with Fred, that was so vivid because I was like, I always knew people's faces and names because I was like a crazy yearbook stalker. So like fresh, like, and I was like that in junior high too. I'm like, I need to know who everyone is and what's happening. Okay. And so between freshman and sophomore year, I was at Jackie Rodenbostel's house and we were looking at the yearbook together and Anishka was there too, Anishka Smith. And I'm like, 
I looked through and I knew every single person and being a three sport athlete, of course, you know, and you see all the athletes after school. So like I knew everyone, no, I'm sure they all didn't know me, but I'm like, I know all these people. And the only person I did not recognize or know at all was Alfredo Palafox. And I'm like, who is, who is, who's that? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. I think he's like from Albright or something. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that is who I'm going to marry. And that's what I told them that day. And I'm like, I don't know really? who he is. I swear to God. I'm like, I don't know who he is, but I'm going to meet him. And that's who I'm going to marry. And that's what happened. Bold. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let me just make sure I get this right. So you discovered him in the yearbook in the summer leading up to it, right? You, you, didn't, you didn't know him from freshman year. Somehow nope. he... I never saw him ever. He skipped past you. He hid. Yep. He did something. You yeah. knew everybody else but him. Yes. You're searching the yearbook. Based on the picture, that's when you knew you were going to marry him? Yep. I just, I saw his face. And I, first of all, I'm like, Alfredo Palafies? What kind of a name is that? Like, what is he? Like, <laughs> Italian, Spanish? Like, I don't even know what the heck this kid is. And like his look, like, I'm like, I don't even know what he is. You know, I'm like, but that's who I'm going to marry. And Jackie was like, he's pretty hot. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> freshman year. And he did not look like he looked in the picture when he walked into a class sophomore year either. <laughs> he had messy hair and did not look all put together like he did in that picture but i knew right away it was him and i was like oh there's an open seat right here because you know i'm so forward and so yeah <laughs> so he sat right next to me and i'm pretty sure you were in that class with us paul and you sat in the front row like Probably. in his row mm -hmm. paul in the front row yeah that sounds right and annoyed the shit out of mr euphrasio <laughs> he annoyed me we're not gonna go down that road we're not gonna go we're not gonna talk about Mr. Afrasio, don't uh, listen. We don't yeah. need to because, yeah, I can go down that road too. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. So we're talking teachers. Did you, have a, did you have a favorite teacher? Oh, yes. Mr. White was my all-time fave. I have many because I was often the teacher's pet, even though I was mouthy. <laughs> I think sometimes the mouthiness made them like me more. Like little Mr. Rossetti, like him and I would get into it in class, but he loved me. And I think it's because I always went first in speech, like for speeches, because I automatically got like a couple extra points. I'm like, who wouldn't go first? Hello. But yeah, Mr. White was my favorite. And I honestly never even had him as a teacher. And I never even had him as a coach. He was the freshman softball coach. So I would see him in the softball like arena, but never, he was never my coach. But I've seen him many, many times since high school. And he actually dropped off lockers here for me. I have a wooden teacher chair from Willowbrook. He dropped off a box of Willowbrook letters that I had at the first 10, at the 10 year reunion. He just like loves me and I love him and it's great. <laughs> Perfect. Mm -hmm. nice. Is there anything from high school that you regret? I feel like, because I don't regret much because I truly do in life. And even then, I'm pretty much the same person now that I feel like I was when I met you probably in sixth grade. Like, I feel like I have not changed that much. And maybe people think I do, but in me, I don't feel like I have. But I would say in high school, maybe because I'm seeing it even now as an adult, like Fred and I were very like, wrapped up in each other. And so we both like kind of lost our friends. And I think maybe like I would tell my kids now, like I would never tell them not to get in a relationship in high school because I did it and I think it was great and it worked out for me. But yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, it, it had plenty of ups and downs, like don't get me wrong. But Would you advise them to 
pick their wives out of a yearbook? Or <laughs> I would I would not tell them not to pick their wife out of a yearbook because again, it worked for me. But maybe that I mean, becomes want... like a family tradition. Like everyone gets a yearbook and be like, "Who do you think is going to be your spouse?" Yeah. <laughs> there should be like a holiday, like August, you know, September August twelfth every year. You know, they they're getting ready to go back to school. Pick out the yeah. yeah. No, I just want them to. I want them to have maybe I, I I say more fun, but like I mean I had fun and I had boyfriends. I mean, my son just turned twelve, and I was like, oh my god, I was dating Dan Baker when I was twelve. Uh, I'm like, no way, you can't have a girlfriend right now. But like, really, I'm like, if you did, whatever. But I tell him like, um, you're too young, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, he is not ready for a girlfriend. But I was ready for a boyfriend at twelve. <laughs> but yeah, so I would say that would be like the regret that like. Because I had some close girlfriends because of the sports I was in and stuff. And there was jealousy also, I feel like, because I had a boyfriend and a lot of them didn't. And so then I felt resentful. And I don't know, you know, but I feel like I could have done a better job at balancing then. Okay, that makes sense. Is there anyone that you were close with that you've fallen out of touch with specifically? Anishka, I would say. I mean, her and I go way back to. She was the first person that put a basketball in my hand and I never had touched a basketball. And she's like, girl, you're so tall. How have you never touched a basketball? I'm like, I don't know. Like I have all women in my house. No one has a basketball. Like, and so I have fond memories with her, but I do, I have talked to her randomly over the last 20 years. Like I've seen her maybe three times, but it's not anything like it was then, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think you kind of maybe touched on this. You, you talked about what you your vivid memories, but like, what were you most proud of from Willowbrook? Maybe it was hitting a home run. Maybe it was how you were really good with teachers. I don't know. But what were you most proud of? <laughs> well, kissing ass was definitely number one. That is not what I said. You <laughs> you chose those words. I would say I'm most proud of because, and just a little backstory, I guess, because I come from you know a divorced house and like in our generation, like there wasn't, wasn't that many and people didn't talk about it a lot, you know? And I feel like there was a stigma against kids in our generation who were of divorced parents. And a lot of people didn't even know that I came from that kind of home or like a home with not a lot of money. And so I feel like I overcame a lot of that and it really truly has made me who I am now. So my grades, my, the way I carried myself, I feel like that was what I'm most proud of and whatever from high school great it's great did you guys go to prom we did my dress was a melon nightmare it was a cantaloupe color nightmare and it was terrible and i hated it and i bought it a week before prom because you hated it at the time like yes i even hated okay. it then i mean it was also a dress like i hated it already just because it was a dress but but yes we did we did go and it was not anything I wouldn't go again. I felt like the Abington cheesy, the spread of everything cheesy. Like I, I didn't, I had way more fun after like my mom got us a hotel room and me and it was me and Fred and Anishka and her now husband, Andre and Kevin Cote and Osiris Vazquez. And like, so all of us just like got the hotel room. My mom got us like wine coolers cause she knew no one was driving home and I mean, just hanging out in there was so much more fun. Like I would have rather just done that and like hung out in the pool at the hotel like all night than even gone to prom. Yeah. So what, what happens after college, uh, high school? I mean, 
college did happen for one year for me after high school. I actually got a Kevin Cote and I both received $500 or it might have been thousand. I don't even, I just don't remember scholarships to COD. And so we, oh, I went there for one year, but it was hard mentally for me at the time, like to balance school. It was just so mental. Like now thinking back of myself, I'm like, you're such an idiot. Like you so could have done it. Like, why were you so weak? Like, come on. But I, yeah, so I was working full-time and going to school full-time and I still was getting straight A's, couple B's, like did great, but I really felt like I needed to help out more at home and, and without the stress of school. And so I quit after one year and just was working full-time, like even more than full-time hours. At that point, I was working at Hinsdale Bank. And prior to that, I was a CT tech aide at Elmhurst Hospital, putting together CT films and holding people's hands while they got enemas before their procedure. It was real fun. How did you find those jobs? The CT tech aide, actually, I went and applied for a different job that had already been filled. And the guy who interviewed me loved me so much that he just created the job on the spot. And I was See? like, All these right. things you learn at, things you learn in high school <laughs> come at the help. You you know how to you know how to butter up those in authority and it worked out perfect. <laughs> That's what I said too. He's like, who gets a job created for them on the spot? I'm like, I guess. Not being a jerk and being someone who's good to talk to with adults is a skill. And it, it worked is, very I well. Feel. Yeah. Absolutely. But so yeah, so I went from there and then I moved on to Hinsdale Bank. And that's what I was doing most of the time because I felt very guilty because my mom had a lot of like collection debt, just putting it all out there. And it was mostly because of my hospital bills from all my back stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so I worked hard and Fred actually helped to pay those off for my mom. So that was my goal then. So, so you worked in a Hinsdale bank, is that Mm -hmm. what you said? So Mm -hmm. how long was that for? About three years, I think, because then in that three years, Fred went away to Colorado State University for two years. He came back and started working for his dad's company, which is in Elgin. And so since he was working out of the office there, we actually bought a house in Elgin at that time. Then I didn't work at himself anymore. (laughs) We were like 21 or 22, I think, was how old we were when we bought our first house in Elgin. When I was there, I was working for a private investigator company, and I did transcribing for people that were doing undercover work at various like food places. I would just hear this sleepy-sounding guy who was our investigator giving dictation about people smoking weed by the grapes and blowing it into it. Okay. How did you get that job? Honestly, like I didn't even know what I was applying for. It was just like an office job with like Monday through Friday hours. Where did you find it? Do you remember where you found it? Like classifieds, like in like a newspaper, like old school style. I had to drive a little bit to get there, but the thought of working for a private investigator, I'm like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it as glamorous as you thought? Oh, no, it was definitely not glamorous, but it was everything. I did enjoy it. Were you, were you sworn to secrecy? <laughs> well, she just blew it now. No, I, I mean, we just found out about the, the like... marijuana grapes. <laughs> So you said you were 22 when you bought your house. Is that right? We did. So we were like the first ones of our friends to have a house, which was, <laughs> it was good and bad, of course. It was better because we lived in Elgin. So it didn't get like completely trashed all the time. Like, And we weren't like 
crazy party throwers or anything, but cause for me, trashed was just like anything on the floor. Cause I'm like super OCD clean freak. And so I'm like, um, can we just like keep the drinks on the tile <laughs> you know, at 22? So I was like the no fun police. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. So, so did you move straight from living at your mom's house yes. into the house that you guys bought? We both did. And when did you get married? Were you married at that point or did that come later? No, we got married at 24. So it came shortly after. Yeah. I had to sit him down and tell him I'm not playing housewife anymore. You can make me housewife or I can just go back home and live with my mom. <laughs> like, and it was a very tongue in cheek conversation, but I mean, I wasn't messing around either. <laughs> so yeah, that's how that went. You're like, I feel like we're both pretty committed at this point. Yeah, we were together nine years by the time we got married. So it was time. Perfect. All right. So private investigators, banks, you're in your early 20s. You guys get a house, get married at 24. Were you still working kind of multiple jobs at 24? Right before we got married, I, so like I had gone from the private investigator company, then I was working at a daycare and I was the cook because I've always loved cooking and baking. And so that was like it for me. I was like, yes, I made it. But no, 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 I didn't make it. That was a sad job. But what was sad about it? Just like seeing what low quality people can be hired to take care of kids at a daycare. I was like, oh, my kids are never coming here. And then that's what triggered us for our plan was always then for me to be a stay at home mom. Cause I was telling Fred the horror stories of these teachers and I'm like, uh, and I'm not saying all are bad. I can't say yeah. that, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that one, I was like, mm -mm. and it was like one of the expensive good ones. But yeah, so I did that. And then I worked at bigger Chevrolet and Elgin for a little while. And then after that, and like, Throughout all these times, I would have periods where my back would go out and where I'd have to be out of work for like weeks at a time because I couldn't walk. And so that gave me like a, a bad rap at a lot of places because people thought I was lying. And I'm like, but you know, I'm not getting paid, right? Like I'm not trying to not be at work. And But it was always this issue with places. And then before we got married, it happened again at Bigger Chevrolet where my back went out and I physically couldn't walk. And I ended up leaving there because I just got treated so bad. And then that was the last job I had before now being a nurse. Do you still have, like, does the back issue come up or? Yes, it does. And I have shrank. So like when I was 13, I measured 5'10". And I remember starting basketball freshman year and the varsity coach had lines. I, they're definitely not there any, anymore in the basement, but on the wall measuring me because he wanted me to keep growing. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I can't control that but we could keep measuring me. That's fine. He's like, I want you 5'11". I'm like, yeah, I think I stopped growing though. So, but he was really adamant about me still growing. And, but yeah, so I was 5'10 and now I'm 5'8 and a half. And I actually- was. What coach was, which coach was that? <laughs> that was Coach Nelson. Coach Nelson. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he the varsity coach? Oh yeah, but I was being groomed to start varsity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't get to become the varsity coach by just accepting <laughs> that people aren't going to keep growing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe that's in the handbook somewhere. Right. But yeah, so I do still suffer from it and I always will, but I think I'm managing it well too. Cause I, I did listen to them and I didn't do the contact sports and stuff anymore. And I do a lot of walking. 
Glad to hear it's mostly under control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somewhere along the line, you had kids, right? Yeah. Tell us about your your stay-at-home housewife. Like, Tell us about (laughs) the family then. Yeah. So we got married and then we went to Maui. Where did you get married? We got married. The Abington. (laughs) The Abington. You know it. I loved it so much. We went to the Japanese gardens in the Fabian Forest Preserve in Geneva. That's where we had our ceremony. And then we had the reception in Fred's parents' backyard. Like they constructed the whole site. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we went to Maui for our honeymoon and I actually got pregnant on our honeymoon. And then I had a miscarriage the first pregnancy and then oh, I got pregnant. Sorry. It's okay. And then I got pregnant shortly after with Milo and then five months later I was pregnant with Max after I had Milo so my kids are 15 months apart and then it was just being a full-time mom from there until very recently so all right so you're not in Elgin anymore right at some point you guys moved yes so we live in Villa Park now we moved here 10 years ago now and we live literally like I don't know, three blocks from Willowbrook. Our kids actually started out at private school. So we didn't start out in the Villa Park school system because my son, when he was younger, so I guess this is something notable. When he was like two and a half, I'm like, there's something different about him. And like, and I'm very, I've always been, like I said, <laughs> proactive and, a, and I just go after what I want, you know? And so I scheduled him an appointment with like one of the best child psychologists he ended up testing out profoundly gifted and oh, wow. no, no ADD, no ADHD, no autism spectrum, like no sensory processing, nothing that I like thought it was going to be. So he gave us a list of schools that he recommended. And these schools were like $20,000 a year starting at kindergarten. So Oof. I'm like, mm, wow. yeah, uh, that's not happening for us. So. So that's how we ended up in the private school. So we tried finding the best private school that was like religion based because they were significantly cheaper, but still had like the background of having good academics. So at some point you just had to switch to the, the Ville Park School District. Yes. So we have been here now two years is our second year. So they were in private school for a while. We did have issues there with like I guess, discrimination, I guess you could say, with them being Hispanic and most of the population at the schools we went to being white. And even the parents, I mean, you know, it starts with the parents, right? When it's kids doing it. And even parents would, one of them referenced to Fred, like being a landscaper, like, oh, are you, you know, and it was very distasteful. And so we put up with it for a while because we thought it was what was best for the kids, for their education. And then when they started being affected by it, I'm like, mm, okay. So sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. They're so they're so happy now. Like they're in a very diverse, mixed crowd of of kids. Like when Fred went to Albright, he was only one of two Hispanic kids in the entire school, and now it's very diverse and lots of mixed kids and, and mixed in all senses: Hispanic, Black, White, Indian, Asian, like all everything, and so. It's just, it's nice to see and they, they like it a lot more. So they're doing really well. So at some point you mentioned that you are a nurse now. How did you get into that? 
So I always wanted to be a doctor or a teacher. Those were like my two, what I wanted to do. And I never, you know, did it, obviously. And then I was doing nannying out of my house. And I had a catering business. And I also ran a house cleaning business myself. And so I was doing these three jobs while my kids were in school, because I'm like, I need to help out somehow. And also like keep myself somewhat busy, because I'm just tired of cleaning my own house all the time. So the catering was my love, but you don't make any money. And it's so hard, like, because food isn't like, it's not like a craft, right? So you can't, you can't just put it in a box and go sell it later. Like you have to sell it then or you lose out everything. And so Fred and I actually, we were sitting in caps in Villa Park one night. And I just looked at him and I'm like, I am tired of doing this. Like I'm doing three jobs for and making less than I would doing one job if I would get some schooling, you know? And he's like, yeah, you're just doing it. You're just, just go back to school. And that was, we just decided it. And the next day I called COD and I registered and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just started taking some classes. And I think that was in 2016. And then it just started there. And I was going to start out doing I was going to be a surgical tech, which is the person in the OR that hands the instruments to the surgeon. But I have like a weak bladder. And so like I have to pee all the time. And so I swear to God, I came home and I told Fred I couldn't do it because I'm like, what if I have to pee and it's an eight hour surgery? Diapers. Diapers. I literally am like, so am I going to have to wear Depends to work? Like I legit said that. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. I can't. And so I started that program. I actually got the first tier done. So I'm technically a certified central sterile processor. So like the first level of that. And then I had already registered for the next semester. And I decided, I like said to Fred, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just try it. I'm going to try to switch it to nursing. And if they give me my refund for the semester for the surge tech program, it's meant to be that I'm supposed to switch it to nursing. And normally they don't do the refunds and they did it. And So that was like kind of the driving force. And then I just switched and yeah, and I went from COD, I transferred to Aurora University and I just graduated December, 2020. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. It's been exciting. (laughs) And so now, now are you nursing full-time? I am. I'm working for DuPage Medical Group and I'm working as a float nurse. So I get to go to all the different practices, make a little more money and just sprinkle amazingness everywhere. And like literally all the doctors are like, can you just stay here? I'm like, I know, right? But but no, it's because I just, my like passion and drive that I've always had is now actually being like seen and appreciated. And I it's in there and I just, someone needed to see it. And, and it feels good to be acknowledged and, and be doing something that I really love to do because I've always liked taking care of people in one way or another. So it's awesome. And I actually just got accepted into Bradley to start in fall for the master's program. So oh, wow, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Was nursing or medical, was that on your list early in life at all? Like had you considered when you were younger? Yeah, because when in first grade, if you asked me what I wanted to be, it was a doctor. And then I switched teacher, doctor, teacher, doctor. It was always something to help people like and to talk, right? (laughs) Because I had to talk. But yeah, so and being a doctor now just financially didn't really make sense, like with how much it would cost to go to school and, and everything. So we just really sat down and like kind of because it was it was still in the running right now. But it's just too much too much money for how long I'd still be able to do it, if that makes sense. 
because of where we're at in life, age-wise and stuff. So being a nurse practitioner, which is the program I got into, is like the closest I'll be able to get. And so that was kind of, yeah, where that was at. But yeah, being a doctor was always something I saw. So yeah, we'll see. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that and like your journey yeah. up till now. I was going to ask, what do you think your 18-year-old self would think of your current self? I think that she would say, what took you so damn long to be who we were supposed to already be? Like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Like, why did it take you this long? But what would you answer back to that 18 year old self? I feel like, like I tell my kids when they ask me, like, why didn't you finish college right after high school or whatever that, you know, life does happen sometimes. And, you know, the choices that I made to not stay in school then were for good. Like I was trying to help my mom. And so I did have reasons, but now looking back too, like I said, I would tell that 18 year old, like, get your shit together. You can do it. Like you're stronger than this, you know? And I think the 18 year old would look at me now and be like, you were stronger than this. Like, why did it take you so long? So like, this is me like confrontational with myself, you know, you're all bark though. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) We would still go back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's, that's great. If you think about maybe some guidance you received either from your mom or other adults in high school, what advice or type of structure did you get at that point that you want to keep? And then what would you, what would you change or add to it now with your experience for your kids? Okay. So I actually have given my kids more at this point than I really got as far as guidance. Like I came from a household of non-college educated people that thought college wasn't for everyone, meaning it wasn't for us because we didn't have money. So I was not told to go to college. I was not pressured or pushed to go to college. I was actually pushed to just get a job. So I told my kids school doesn't end until at the end of year 16. So you're not done after high school. And so I'm trying to instill in them that high school is not the end. You want to keep going, you know, and I know college is expensive and there's controversy there with saying like, you know, you can get a job without college and make, I don't know, but I still, I want them to have that experience because I didn't have it. I want them to try to give themselves a better life and not as late in life as me, you know? And so, I mean, they've already, we've had the sex talk, we've had all of it like already. And so like, I am definitely a much more forward (laughs) and open-minded parent. Like my mom tried to be open-minded. Like she told us like, if we want to drink or do drugs to tell her and we would do it together. And the the reverse psychology definitely worked for me. I didn't ever do it. And I didn't want to, cause I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do it with my mom. Like, <laughs> and so I told my kids the same thing. And so I'm just like, Ooh, hopefully it works for them too. But so I did take that from my childhood and use it again. But as far as everything else, I kind of learned from what I didn't have. And I've already tried changing that for them. Like, I don't want them to ever think that I don't want them to go to school or that I'm not encouraging it or I don't know. That was how I grew up and I didn't like that. And even I felt like they kind of failed me at Willowbrook even, like the counselors. I felt like, and I've asked people since high school and they felt the same way, that there wasn't enough guidance as far as pushing you to like be your best and go to college. And like, you know, just because you grew up one way doesn't mean you have to end up that way. I feel like there wasn't enough of that there. And because I wasn't getting it at home either, which isn't the school's fault because they didn't know, but like, 
So I just, I didn't have that drive because my drive was sports and then it all changed for me. And then I didn't have anybody still pushing me to like be the best. I think the teachers all just assumed I was going to go to college. Like I've talked to many people who just have assumed that I went straight to a four-year college and graduated because they're like, you were so smart and you didn't. And so people just had this assumption of me that that's what was going to be for me. And, but people didn't know. Wow. Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I think you got a great story, Angie. Like I'm inspired by what, like the way in which you told your story and like the journey you've been on. And I just really inspired, like you're, you have never stopped growing. You've never stopped pursuing. And that's awesome. Like, I think your kids are so blessed and lucky to have someone in their life like yourself who can like show them like, look, like it doesn't stop. You need to always keep growing. Family's important. I think that you see that in your story. You know, it was important that you helped out your mom. And then it was important enough for you to say, hey, I'm going to put my pursuits on hold for a, a bit and invest in my children. So I think, you know, you 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 are showing some wonderful life lessons. And I think you, you're giving your kids that support that you've, you've looked for, yeah. which is awesome. Well, thank you. I feel like that's what I needed in high school. I was just going to second that and, and add, you know, them seeing you go back to college, right. As, as they were older Absolutely. and, you know, showing like, this is important and it's not easy. I'm sure a lot of times you had class and homework and they saw you probably stressed out over tests and things, but to see you make it through, right, yeah. in one piece and now come out, you know, it sounds like happier and more fulfilled on the other side, at least from a career perspective, you know, getting to a point where you feel like you're, you know, more living up to what you could do, right? And maybe maybe you weren't completely before in some aspects of your life and this is allowing you to now do what you like to do and then to keep learning. So I think you're, you're modeling some cool stuff for the kids. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I feel like that's a good place to end, but... I'm going to push my luck and ask you one more question. Angela, you've mentioned having this very direct, kind of confident personality, and I think that's come through in your story. I'm curious, though, is there any opinion or belief that you held strongly in high school that you've since changed your mind about? So, okay, my biggest thing I've always done, which still stays with me, is always to treat others as you want to be treated. And I've always lived my life in other people's shoes. But I would say, and this is like a really big one, I guess, is I've been torn recently on my stance fully on abortion. And I was the one in all the classes doing all the anti-abortion speeches all the time. But being now older and seeing ways in which young girls can become pregnant and, and all that kind of stuff and how there's just so many more angles, that's something I've learned as I'm getting older is that I need to stop being such a stubborn bee and like actually realize those things that it's not always black and white. And I love black and white. I don't like gray, but there is gray though. And so even though I don't like it, it's there, you know? So, and just to be more accepting of it. I think that's something I've done as I've gotten older too. Such a good answer. I love it because it's a in progress answer, right? Yeah. It's a, I don't even know a hundred percent where I am on it, but I went from feeling like I had the answer 100% black and white to understanding there's probably gray and I don't, I'm not smart enough to really know what the right answer is. Yeah. I just know I don't have the right answer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has been awesome. Oh, Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, it's been Thank awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was amazing. I would love to do it again. 10 more years, maybe. We'll see.